Chapter Five, Part Two of the Many-Sided Franklin by Paul Lester Ford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Five, Printer and Publisher, Part Two. Franklin's editorial share in the paper is described elsewhere, but one phrase is more properly mentioned in considering him as a printer everyone who has had to do with publishing in any shape has learned as cartagena remarked that quote, unto those three things which the ancients held impossible there should be added this fourth to find a book printed without erratas but few have learned to turn them to so good an account as franklin and his explanations and apologies are among the most entertaining contributions to the paper in one case his papers were wrought off with a bad transposition but quote, the judicious reader will easily distinguish accidental errors from the blunders of ignorance and more readily excuse the former which sometimes happen unavoidably end quote. on another occasion when franklin had gone to new jersey to print the paper currency of the colony he availed himself of the popular liking for more money by the announcement that quote, the printer hopes the irregular publication of this paper will be excused a few times by his town readers on consideration of his being at burlington with the press laboring for the public good to make money more plentiful end quote. Again, he addresses a letter to himself under a feigned name with the motto, Printerum est arar. Quote, Sir, as your last paper was reading in some company where I was present, these words were taken notice of in the article concerning Governor Belcher, after which His Excellency, with the gentleman trading to New England, died elegantly at Pontax. The word died should doubtless have been dined, Pontax being a noted tavern and eating-house in London for gentlemen of condition, but this omission of the letter N in that word gave us as much entertainment as any part of your paper. One took the opportunity of telling us that in a certain edition of the Bible, the printer had, where David says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, omitted the letter E in the last word, so that it was, I am fearfully and wonderfully mad, which occasioned an ignorant preacher who took that text to harangue his audience for half an hour on the subject of spiritual madness. Another related to us that when the company of stationers in England had the printing of the Bible in their hands, the word not was left out in the seventh commandment, and the whole edition was printed off with thou shalt commit adultery instead of thou shalt not, etc. This material erratum induced the crown to take the patent from them, which is now held by the king's printer. The spectator's remark upon this story is that he doubts many of our modern gentlemen have this faulty addition by them, and are not made sensible of the mistake. A third person in the company acquainted us with an unlucky fault that went through the whole impression of common prayer books. In the funeral service, where these words are, we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, etc., the printer had omitted the C in changed, and it read thus, we shall all be hanged, etc. And lastly, a mistake of your brother newsprinter was mentioned in the speech of James Prowse, written the night before he was to have been executed. Instead of, I die a Protestant, he has put it, I died a Protestant. 
upon the whole you come off with the more favorable censure because your paper is most commonly very correct and yet you were never known to triumph upon it by publicly ridiculing and exposing the continual blunders of your contemporary which observation was concluded by a good old gentleman in company with this general just remark that whoever accustoms himself to pass over in silence the faults of his neighbors shall meet with much better quarter from the world when he happens to fall into a mistake himself for the satirical and censorious whose hand is against every man shall upon such occasions have every man's hand against him it was not in his paper only that franklin the editor blamed franklin the printer for in poor richard after mentioning a few faults in a previous year's issue which he declared were mr printer's faults he continued quotes, these and some others of a like kind let the readers forgive or rebuke him for as to their wisdom and goodness shall seem meet for in such cases the loss and damage is chiefly to the reader who if he does not take my sense at first reading tis odds he never gets it for ten to one he does not read my works a second time in the hands of its new manager the gazette throve it quickly secured the largest circulation of any paper in america being distributed from virginia to new york it led too in advertising patronage and this resulted in an almost continuous enlargement of its size franklin himself was a born advertiser not merely of what he had to sell but of anything which could be made the excuse for an advertisement and some issues of his paper contain as many as seven of his own from a couple can be gleaned some of the difficulties under which the publisher labored Quote, this present paper number three o three finishes the fifth year since the printer hereof undertook the gazette no more need be said to my generous subscribers to remind them that every one of those who are above a twelvemonth in arrear has it in his power to contribute considerably toward the happiness of his most obliged humble servant b franklin End quote. Quote, this gazette number five sixty four begins the eleventh year since its first publication and whereas some persons have taken it from the beginning and others for seven or eight years without paying me one farthing i do hereby give notice to all who are upwards of one year in arrears that if they do not make speedy payment i shall discontinue the papers to them and take some proper method of recovering my money b franklin End quote to this advertisement was added an n b to the effect that quote, no new subscriber will be taken in for the future without payment for the first half year advanced end quote. which so far as known is the first instance of the now universal system of prepayments yet despite these delinquencies the gazette was for its time a wonderfully profitable paper when his second partner david hall eventually bought franklin out and there was a final settlement the statement shows the profits from seventeen forty eight to seventeen sixty six to have been over twelve thousand pounds for subscriptions and over four thousand pounds for advertisements pennsylvania currency and though this account was settled at the time as late as seventeen eighty five franklin still had quote, an old account to settle as regards a particular article of some importance about which we are not agreed it was the value of the copyright in an established newspaper of each of which from eight to ten thousand were printed 
End quote. And he asks a printer friend to arbitrate the matter because, quote, though I never deferred and never should if that good honest man had continued in being to prevent all dispute on the above points with his son, it is that I now request your decision, which I doubt not will be satisfactory to us both. End quote. So far as can be learned, Franklin was never compensated in this matter, though the paper continued to be printed until 1821, making it the longest-lived paper ever issued in this country. The Pennsylvania Gazette was apparently not sufficient outlet for the active and energetic printer, for three years after he became its publisher, he began the issue of a paper in German, designed to supply the Palatinates and other Germans who were then emigrating in such numbers to Pennsylvania, and from this time he printed many pamphlets in German. Before this enlargement and success were achieved, Franklin had separated from Meredith. In his autobiography, he remarks, quote, I perceive that I am apt to speak in the singular number, though our partnership still continued. The reason may be that, in fact, the whole management of the business lay upon me. Meredith was no compositor, a poor pressman, and seldom sober. My friends lamented my connection with him, but I was to make the best of it. But now another difficulty came upon me which I had never the least reason to expect. Mr. Meredith's father, who was to have paid for our printing house, according to the expectations given me, was able to advance only one hundred pounds currency, which had been paid, and a hundred more was due to the merchant, who grew impatient, and sued us all. We gave bail, but saw that if the money could not be raised in time, the suit must soon come to a judgment and execution, and our hopeful prospects must with us be ruined, as the press and letters must be sold for payment, perhaps at half price. In this distress, Franklin relates, two true friends whose kindness I have never forgotten, nor ever shall forget while I can remember anything, came to me separately, unknown to each other, and without any application from me, offering each of them to advance me all the money that should be necessary to enable me to take the whole business upon myself. End quote. Meredith, who was, quote, often seen drunk in the streets and playing at low games in the alehouses, had ceased to take an interest in his work, and it was finally agreed that if Franklin would assume the debts, return Meredith's father the hundred pounds he had advanced, and pay Meredith a small sum, he would relinquish the partnership, and on these terms Franklin became sole owner of the printing office. Though the bulk of the issues of Franklin's press are of little moment, there can be no doubt that as a whole they contain more of genuine merit than those of any other printer of the same or previous periods in the colonies, the amount of doctrinal and polemic theology being a minimum, and bearing a less proportion to the whole mass than can be found in the books of contemporary American printers. In the earliest years of the venture, he took the risk of printing two little volumes of American poetry, as well as reprinting other verses of European origin. In 1741, he published the earliest American medical treatise, Colden's Essay on the Iliac Passion, and four years later, the second Caldwater's Essay on the West India Dry Gripes. From his press came the first two pamphlets against slavery, in 1744, he reprinted Richardson's Pamela, the first novel printed in America. Despite his personal disregard of the classics, as early as 1735, he printed James Logan's translation of Cato's Moral Distich, 
the first latin work to be both translated and printed in america which he prefaced by the remark quote, in most places that i am acquainted with so great is the present corruption of manners that a printer shall find much more profit in such things as flatter and encourage vice than in such as tend to promote its contrary it would be thought a piece of hypocrisy and pharisaical ostentation in me if i should say that i print these distiches more with a view to the good of others than my own private advantage and indeed i cannot say it for i confess i have so great confidence in the common virtue and good sense of the people of this and the neighboring provinces that i expect to sell a very good impression apparently in this he was not disappointed and nine years later he published a second translation of logan's believing it to be quote, in itself equal at least if not far preferable to any other translation of the same piece extant in our language End quote. which he printed quote, in a large and fair character that those who begin to think on the subject of old age which seldom happens till their sight is somewhat impaired by its approaches may not in reading by the pain small letters give the eyes feel the pleasure of the mind in the least allayed this particular book franklin always considered the finest product of his press and so proud was he of it that he sent five hundred copies to london where they were put into the hands of mr beckett for sale without much profit as it would appear for nearly forty years later franklin wrote to ask if he could obtain a copy and casually mentioned that he never had an account of their being sold his greatest publishing success poor richard's almanac and his greatest publishing failure the general magazine are treated elsewhere in all these new departures franklin was something more than a mere printer and he offered calden to print quote, your piece on gravitation at my own expense and risk adding quote, if i can be the means of communicating anything valuable to the world i do not always think of gaining nor even of saving by my business but a piece of that kind as it must excite the curiosity of all the learned can hardly fail of bearing its own expense a scotch journeyman david hall whom franklin took into his employment in seventeen forty three was admitted to a partnership five years later he quote, took off my hands all the care of the printing office paying me punctually my share of the profits end quote and franklin in congratulating a friend on a return to your beloved retirement wrote with evident pleasure that he too was quote, taking the proper measures for obtaining leisure to enjoy life and my friends more than hitherto having put my printing-house under the care of my partner david hall absolutely left off bookselling and removed to a more quiet part of the town where i am settling my old accounts and hope soon to be quite master of my own time this partnership continued eighteen years successfully for us both end quote, at the end of which time hall became the purchaser of the outfit this did not mean that franklin wholly retired from his connection with printing for long before this he had established a number of printing offices in other towns for instance in seventeen thirty three Quote, I sent one of my journeymen to Charleston, South Carolina, where a printer was wanting. 
i furnished him with the press and letters on the agreement of partnership by which i was to receive one-third of the profits of the business paying one-third of the expense the partnership in carolina having succeeded Quote, I was encouraged to engage in others and to promote several of my workmen who had behaved well by establishing them with printing houses in different colonies on the same terms as that in Carolina. End quote. One of these was James Parker, whom he established in New York, and by 1743 he had quote, three printing houses in three different colonies and purpose to set up a fourth if i can meet with the proper person to manage it having all the materials ready for that purpose five years later he sent an outfit to antigua in the west indies under the charge of a journeyman who had quote, worked with me here and in my printing house in new york three or four years end quote. He was also interested in a printing office in Kingston, Jamaica, and, as already noted, he took two of his nephews as apprentices, and when they were trained, helped them to establish themselves as printers. Quote, Most of them did well, being enabled at the end of our term, six years, to purchase the types of me and go on working for themselves, by which means several families were raised. Partnerships often finish in quarrels, but I was happy in this that mine were all carried on and ended amicably. End quote. Nor did his retirement from active printing lessen his interest in his trade, and every possible improvement in the art received attention from him. In 1753, for instance, he suggested that his London agent should, quote, persuade your pressmaker to go out of his road a little, end quote, in making a press in order to include certain improvements that Franklin had invented, since with these it, quote, never gravels, the hollow face of the ribs keeps the oil better, and the cramps bearing on the larger surface do not wear, as in the common method. Of this I have had many years' experience. End quote. When Cadwallader Colden conceived the idea of stereotyping and wrote to Franklin about it, the new invention received his prompt attention. He conducted a series of experiments designed to test its value, and it is supposed that he communicated the idea to Dido when in France. On a somewhat kindred subject, he wrote to John Walter, who afterward became famous as a founder of the London Times, that he had read his Introduction to Logography, which he thought extremely ingenious, and, quote, I liked much the idea of cementing the letters instead of casting words of syllables, which I formerly attempted and succeeded in having invented a mold and method by which I could, in a few minutes, form a matrix adjust it to any word in any font at pleasure and proceed to cast from it though this scheme of walters proved a failure it was another step toward the modern system of stereotyping as the printer was interested in shortening the processes of composition so he was interested in typography and a friendship that he quickly formed in england was with john baskerville the famous typemaker when a critic told Franklin that the founder's letters, quote, would be the means of blinding all the readers in the nation, end quote, Franklin endeavored without success to, quote, support your character against the charge, end quote, by argument. Not succeeding in this, when the fault finder again called upon him, quote, mischievously bent to try his judgment, I stepped into my closet, 
tore off the top of mr carlson's specimen and produced it to him as yours brought with me from birmingham saying i had been examining it since he spoke to me and could not for my life perceive the disproportion he mentioned desiring him to point it out to me he readily undertook it and went over the several fonts showing me everywhere what he thought instances of that disproportion and declared that he could not then read the specimen without feeling very strongly the pain he had mentioned to me i spared him that time the confusion of being told that these were the types he had been reading all his life with so much ease to his eyes the types his adored newton is printed with on which he has poured not a little nay the very types his own book is printed with for he himself is an author and yet never discovered this painful disproportion in them till he thought they were yours furthermore franklin endeavored to get him orders from america by distributing specimens of his letters among printers interest in good type meant interest in good printing and franklin followed the improvements in books with closeness while minister in france he noted that quote, a strong emulation exists at present between paris and madrid with regard to beautiful printing here a monsieur didot laine has a passion for the art and besides having procured the best types he has much improved the press the utmost care is taken of his press work his ink is black and his paper fine and white he has executed several charming editions but the salist and the don quixote of madrid are thought to excel them Dido, however improves every day and by his zeal and indefatigable application bids fair to carry the art to a high pitch of perfection i will send you a sample of his work when i have an opportunity franklin was not however too much of a printer ever to forget the reader and in the last years of his life he made some criticisms on his craft which are as true to-day as when he wrote them quote, by a fancy of printers he complained they have suppressed the capitalizing of all substantives with the idea of showing the character to greater advantage those letters prominent above the line disturbing its even regular appearance which he very properly remarked was quote, a gain in appearance at the expense of the reader end quote. and any one who has read eighteenth-century books before quote, the invention of that pretended improvement had been made will agree with him furthermore quote, from fondness for an even and uniform appearance of characters in the line the printers have of late banished also the italic types in which words of importance to be attended to in the sense of the sentence and words on which an emphasis should be put in reading used to be printed and lately another fancy has induced some printers to use the short round s instead of the long one which formerly served well to distinguish a word readily by its varied appearance certainly the omitting this prominent letter makes the line appear more even but renders it less immediately legible as the pairing all men's noses might smooth and level their faces but would render their physiognomies less distinguishable 
add to all these improvements backwards another modern fancy that grey printing is more beautiful than black hence the english new books are printed in so dim a character as to be read with difficulty by old eyes unless in a very strong light and with good glasses whoever compares a volume of the gentleman's magazine printed between the years seventeen thirty one and seventeen forty with one of those printed in the last ten years will be convinced of the much greater degree of perspicuity given by black ink than by grey lord chesterfield pleasantly remarked this difference to falconer the printer of the dublin journal who was vainly making encomiums on his own paper as the most complete of any in the world but mr falconer said my lord don't you think it might be still farther improved by using paper and ink not quite so near of a colour for all these reasons i cannot but wish that our american printers would in their editions avoid these fancied improvements and thereby render their works more agreeable to foreigners in europe to the great advantage of our bookselling commerce he was equally severe on another book-making fault of the time one can scarce see a new book he wrote Quote, without observing the excessive artifices made use of to puff up the paper of verses into a pamphlet a pamphlet into an octavo and an octavo into a quarto with scab boardings white lines sparse titles of chapters and exorbitant margins to such a degree that the selling of paper seems now the object and printing on it only the pretense i enclose the copy of a page in a late comedy between every two lines there is a white space equal to another line you have a law i think against butchers blowing veal to make it look fatter why not one against booksellers blowing books to make them look bigger franklin always credited his knowledge of good bookmaking to his experience in watt's printing-house and it is stated that quote, at every entertainment which he gave his workmen during the life of watt's the health of his old friend and master was one of the toasts end quote when too he went to england in seventeen fifty seven as agent for his colony one of the first things he did was to seek out his old employer and it is related that with him he went to the composing room where he had formerly worked voluntarily contributed the bienvenue or some for drink he had once so persistently refused and proposed the toast success to printing a london printer with whom an even greater friendship existed was william strahan the acquaintance started merely as a business connection in 1743, but with Franklin's next visit to London it quickly became a personal one, and ripened to such a degree that the two men agreed upon a marriage between their children. Strahan used his utmost influence to get Franklin to settle in England permanently, not merely proposing, quote, several advantageous schemes to me, end quote, but writing urgently to his wife. In time, Strahan became printer to the king, and eventually was elected to Parliament. In this body, he was an adherent of the government, voting for most of the measures of which America complained, and this drew from Franklin the letter which was to become so famous, written in a moment of bitterness upon hearing of the Battle of Bunker Hill, but which expressed merely the moment's heat, and so was never sent to his friend even through the revolution a frank and affectionate correspondence was maintained differ as they might in opinion and a satiric description franklin gave of the condition of england at the end of the war is well worthy of quotation 
alluding to the general scramble there for office or money he said quote, to speak in our old style brother type these may be good for the chapel but they are bad for the master as they create constant quarrels that hinder the business for example here are two months that your government has been employed in getting its form to press which is not yet fit to work on every page of it being squabbled and the whole ready to fall into pie the fonts too must be very scanty or strangely out of sorts since your compositors can't find either upper or lower case letters sufficient to set the word administration but are forced to be continually turning for them however to return to common though perhaps too saucy language do not despair you have still one resource left and that is not a bad one since it may reunite the empire we have some remains of affection for you and shall always be ready to receive and take care of you in case of distress so if you have not sense and virtue enough to govern yourselves even dissolve your present old crazy constitution and send members to congress with even greater cleverness of metaphor, Franklin later told him, quote, I remember your observing once to me, as we sat together in the House of Commons, that no two journeyman printers within your knowledge had met with such success in the world as ourselves. You were then at the head of your profession, and soon afterwards became a member of Parliament. I was an agent for a few provinces, and now act for them all. But we have risen by different modes." i as a republican printer always like to form well planed down being averse to those overbearing letters that hold their heads so high as to hinder their neighbours from appearing you as a monarchist chose to work upon crown paper and found it profitable while i worked upon pro patria often indeed called fool's cap with no less advantage both our heaps hold out very well and we seem likely to make a pretty good day's work of it with regard to public affairs to continue in the same style it seems to me that the compositors in your chapel do not cast off their copy well nor perfectly understand imposing their forms too are continually pestered by the outs and doubles that are not easy to be corrected and i think they are wrong in laying aside some faces and particularly certain headpieces that would have been both useful and ornamental End quote nothing proved better the printer's attachment for his calling than an amusement during his diplomatic service in france in his own home he set up a press and types all of which he and his servants cast and with them occasionally printed little bagatelles and skits of both his friends writing and his own usually in very small editions these printing materials consisting of a great variety of fonts he brought with him on his return to america and used them to establish his grandson benjamin franklin bosch quote, in business as a printer the original occupation of his grandfather End quote. explaining to a friend quote, i am too old to follow printing again myself but loving the business i have brought up my grandson benjamin to it and have built and furnished a printing house for him which he now manages under my eye End quote. despite the many honors that had come to him to the last he held himself to be first and foremost a printer and began his will quote, i benjamin franklin printer late minister plenipotentiary from the united states of america to the court of france and now president of the state of pennsylvania end quote. 
it was at his own request that the printers of the city with their journeymen and apprentices were given a prominent position in his funeral procession this ends chapter five part two